You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce and regional leaders like Rollstone Bank and Trust, where you matter most. Why should your business be a member of the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce? It's actually quite simple. The Chamber is dedicated to protecting and promoting the local business community. Our primary goals? To advance the region, help business owners network and grow, and to advocate on behalf of the business community. Joining the Chamber makes good business sense. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Hello and welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal, as we continue our On the Road series. We're over in Shirley today at 215 Great Road. And if you that address sounds familiar, it's because we're at the legendary Bull Run restaurant. Cat, who are we chatting with today? Well, today we're really lucky because we have owner Allison Tachi, who is here with us, joining us in the bar today. Hello. It's closed, but that's okay. We, we don't need to drink today. <laughs> We're going to stick around long enough to wait till it opens. Right. Uh, We're hanging out for the day. <laughs> Heads up. I have a key. <laughs> <laughs> so, Allison, uh, I know there's a lot of history to this building, and we're going to get into that. But first, I want to talk about the fact that there's a lot of family history with your family and this restaurant. You've owned this now. Your family, it's been in here for more than 70 years. Tell us a little bit about the Bull Run and, and your family. Sure. We actually have the fourth generation coming up working here now. So my dad uh, and my mom were from Fitchburg. And um, my dad opened the Bull Run in 1946. He had been working, building some roads, and he had worked for a union and uh, different places in upstate New York, and he just really wanted to run his own business. And uh, he came upon this place, and it was for sale, and uh, somehow he managed to purchase it. And it was always a tavern, and it was an inn for many years. Uh, It was a stagecoach stop, so it was the first stop on the Boston to Albany stagecoach route. And this is where the horses would get tired and they'd pull over coming from Boston and uh, people would come in here in this room in the tavern and have something to eat and something to drink. And then they'd go right upstairs and those were all small bedrooms above us. He lived upstairs. And then uh, one night in the late 1940s, my mother came in on a date with another guy (laughs) who shall remain nameless. And she uh, met my father that night. He was the bartender owner. And they started talking. It turned out he knew her family, who were also from Fitchburg, the Ward family. And, you know, the rest is history, as they say. And they got married. And she came and lived here with him above the tavern. And she used to say, I don't know if he carried me over the threshold because I was a new bride or because there were so many holes in the floor. (laughs) It needed a lot of work, a lot of renovation, um, but that's a labor of love for all of us and has been for the past 76 years. So, And at that time, it was just the tavern where we are now. It's just a couple of rooms, and they ended up buying a house and turning the small bedrooms upstairs into small dining rooms, which are lovely, um, little jewels that just seat a you know, small amount of people. And they actually were a real lifesaver, one of the many lifesavers for us during COVID that uh, people could dine separately and not be in a dining room. They could have their own room for just their family, and we still do that. And uh, so that ended up being a very fortunate thing for us that mom and dad remodeled those into little dining rooms. It's and, amazing uh, to think that that many decades later, it would really help you to survive crazy. the pandemic. Yeah, I know. It was really... Uh, that and our covered bridge... 
you know, we have our covered bridge out back and uh, we started when they changed the rules in COVID and you could serve outside. Mm -hmm. We were fortunate that we had a lot of space and we had that covered bridge and we started serving dinner and brunch on the covered bridge. And, and that's something that you've continued to do now. Well, it's all, it's always been a thing since the bridge was there. We probably do 40 wedding ceremonies a year on mm-hmm. that bridge. And we do any kind of a, anything anybody wants to rent it for. We've done photo shoots. We've done parties. We've done, you know, fundraisers, whatever you want to do. It's a unique venue. But now that we're fully open, we need it to, because it's the link to drive across to for the parking lot mm-hmm. in the back. So we can't use it for dining every day because we need it for driving over, but it was a real lifesaver during COVID because people wanted to go out and to have something like that that was unique, um, a unique place to eat that was a safe place to eat. We started calling it, instead of the covered bridge, we started calling it the coveted bridge. Oh. There was such a line of people waiting to eat there, so that was really great. But um, yes, a very long history, and as I said, we're now raising the fourth generation they're about 15 years old, and they're just being trained now. So I'm second generation. Mm-hmm. And then really the third generation is doing the heavy lifting and really running the place. And for you, did you always know that this was going to be what you'd end up doing? Or did you think that you would carry on your parents' legacy? Absolutely not. <laughs> so I'm saying to anybody out there that thinks they know, <laughs> you really don't know. Life is full of surprises. I left Shirley after college. You know, I went to Boston University. After college, I went into the Peace Corps, and I lived overseas in West Africa for a few years, and then I traveled quite extensively. And then when I came back, I went to graduate school at NYU in New York City, and I ended up moving to New York City, and I thought I had found my place. Mm-hmm. I love New York. <laughs> and um, I was there for 32 years, and uh, I was in publishing, and I loved it, and I thought, this is mm-hmm. it. Then, you know, I was always very connected. I always came home for the holidays. You know, I have a strong sense of place, not just, you know, the Bull Run, but Shirley and Central Mass. And I I really felt very connected to it. And, of course, all my family was here. And then I happened to meet my husband here. Ironically, in the exact same spot, my mother met my father. Oh, fate. She met my father because he was tending bar that night. I met my husband because he was a part-time bartender here. And he's from Lemonster. He's one of the many, 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 many Tachis or Tossies or however (laughs) people are saying it now from Lemonster. And when I met him and, and eventually he moved to New York, you know, we both just really loved it and we raised our son there. And, uh, but we both had very strong ties and family here. So we came back for all the holidays and You know, my son always says he felt like he was raised in two places, Shirley and New York, and uh, that's a real contrast. Mm -hmm. So I had a strong connection, but I had no intention of doing what I'm here doing today. You know, my brother took over from my father. My father died in 1990, and my brother Chip was here for many, you know, a couple decades, and he at one point was ready to kind of hang it up, and um, he called everyone in the family to let them know and called me. I'm the youngest. He went through the line. And uh, my husband and I were on the phone, on each on an extension in, in Brooklyn, where we live. And he said that he had put it on the market and that there was a guy from Boston who was looking at it. And I just, I don't know, I, I sort of thought, 
well, wouldn't that be interesting? Because my husband had been running a very, very successful music series in New York on a floating barge, a wooden barge, not unlike the size and the look of this room, our tavern. And it was right on the waterfront in Brooklyn, and it faced the Statue of Liberty and the Verrazano Bridge and the Manhattan skyline. And he was extremely successful with that. And he loved doing it. Uh, He's a musician, and he knew a lot of musicians, and he was really plugged into the music scene in New York. And so he was running this music series on this floating barge. And his one frustration was that we didn't own it. We, we couldn't make decisions, ultimately. And I was helping him with the marketing and the advertising and the promotion of it, creating all the collateral material around it, much as what I do, my role here. Mm-hmm. And then my brother called us, and, and we kind of looked at each other and thought, how could that possibly work that we could do live music and food out in Shirley, the way we've been kind of doing that here in New York, and so we expressed interest, and my, my brother said, well, if you guys are interested, I'll absolutely take it off the market. I'll give you a year. Yeah. So we took a year, and you know what year this was? <laughs> it was uh, right after 2008, the big crash there, the big crash and burn of the economy. And we started doing a lot of research. I did a lot of market research before we made the decision to purchase it from my brother because I thought... I don't want to do it for emotional reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel connected to your home, but, mm-hmm. you know. And you were successful. You guys were being successful in New York, so that's a hard choice to, yeah, to make. Yeah, we were doing well, and we yeah. were happy, but the truth is our son was, you know, in college, mm-hmm. and he was going to graduate, and all of our people and all of our roots were here. And, you know, New York is a great city to be young in, <laughs> um, but after 32 years, I felt like I got the T-shirt, and I, I still love it, but I this is more my pace, my lifestyle Mm -hmm. choice. You know, I ride my bike here. I can walk here. I make my schedule. I, and everything I do is so much more personal than working for someone else. Mm -hmm. And I, I say when I'm here and we have this incredible event, like the speaker series we had on Sunday with Temple Grand and, or this incredible band that's coming this week, I say, boy, does this beat going into an office? Absolutely. And I was doing the whole thing. I was suiting up in the power suit, the power breakfast, the briefcase, you know, traveling all over the world for my jobs. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. But now I love this. I just feel so. So to answer your original question, you, you can't foresee at what stage in your life, your decade of life, what is going to appeal to you or or call to you. And, you know, it's interesting because you talk about the connection to the region and you talk about doing 32 years in New York and then coming here and feeling a little slower pace and a little more connected because you have such roots. You and your husband both have roots here. And you've really made that a point to be a partner to the community that you're in right now. You have a long list of other entities that you support in some manner Mm -hmm. or another. And it's become something, I mean, everyone knows Bull Run Restaurant and you know, people are always amazed that it's in Central Mass, that it's here in Shirley. But I think it's really interesting that you you took such great care with cultivating your position here in Shirley and have truly made yourself a partnership. It's, it's good business, but it actually comes from the heart. I mean, I'm actually really doing what I want to do right now. And I don't know how many people are out there working for somebody else and doing a great job and getting well paid. There, nothing compares. And, you know, my dad used to always say that, that he worked for all kinds of other people until he opened his own business. And there's a lot of 
sacrifice that goes with that, of course, because you're the bottom line on right. every problem. <laughs> but it's extremely, on the other hand, that much more rewarding. So yeah, being a partner, and, and I wanted to, you know, I have a brochure I, I have on display here that I want people to take and read that I wrote that says, how do we define local? Because I think a lot of people say, oh, we're green or we're local. Well, what does that actually mean? I'm, I define it in this thing. So we're, we are what's called a green certified restaurant, two-star two level. There are four levels. I don't know anybody who's four-star. I don't know anybody who's three-star, actually. Um, there's a handful of restaurants in Boston and in Western Mass that are green certified. As far as I know, I don't know of any others in Central Mass other than us. That's because it's a very rigid set of things that you have to do to become green certified you know and you have to get spot checked constantly mm -hmm. to show that you're doing that you know and, and it's it's not just recycling it's composting it's um the kind of detergent you use the kind of who you partner with we had to change our, you know a linen provider because it had to be a linen provider who used a certain type of detergent and not another one that has more harmful chemicals it's the way you think about and do everything top to bottom, for, everything has to be thought through for you to win certification. And you get so many points at so many levels. It's all on our website, anybody that wants to look at it. Frankly, it's a little bit of a pain. Mm -hmm. And I can see why a lot of people just say, oh, we don't need to do that. So um, for people that are listening that hear that list that you're talking about, um, why was it so important for you to say, we're going to commit to all these different levels and initiatives and really go for this here? The uh, it's the right thing to do. And I think you should put your money where your mouth is you know, and, and go for it and really get behind what you're saying. And I'm very honest in this and saying it's not everything. For example, we're known for our prime rib. Well, we're not buying prime rib locally because the best prime rib comes from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're buying it. But anything that we can and not just in where we buy food, but you know, a lot of our produce, a lot of our seasonal uh, fruit, they're all coming from right around here from farms that you know. But it's the philosophy across the board, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, everything that you do, you look at it as to what is the local effect of this on this local economy and the people right here that we know. And I, you know, I guess it might have another thing to do with age when you, you know, when you feel like you got the t-shirt in New York and you traveled all over the world and you conquered all these achievements, you start to think, how can I impact right here in my backyard? I mean, I felt that way. Mm -hmm. And it's just personal for me. And I like doing something that's really personal. I appreciate that. That's, you know, it's one thing that you're running a family business that's been in your, you know, in your family for decades, but that you're also saying this is our home. Mm -hmm. It's, it is where our business is, but it's our home as well. And so to say our impact locally, whether it be how we run our business to be a green initiative or whether it's, we're going to be supportive of other local initiatives and businesses in our region, how we're going to also now produce locally and how we're going to use local foods. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously you are a restaurant, so you're known for your food more than just the prime rib. And you offer a lot of different options all year long, which is very seasonal. Mm -hmm. Does it take, it must take a great deal of care to come up with the menu to also back the local initiative. Yes. Well, thankfully we have a wonderful chef. I mean, I always want to make sure that we thank the staff because, you know, you look at what we're doing here. This doesn't happen with me. I probably have 95 employees and a management team of seven people. 
and they are so committed and probably have about nine family, 10 family members who work here, but a couple who are on the management team. And it's their commitment and their work and their expertise. Let's face it, you don't want me cooking anything for you. <laughs> I can help you order it and I could mix you a drink, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a chef and that's not my area of expertise. Um, our chef, Stephen Bark, prior to this had his own catering company in Boston. He was green certified, which is where I learned a lot about this. And uh, he just takes great, great care to get to know who he can in terms of local farmers. Like Fat Moon Farm mushrooms, uh, they're, you know, all of our mushrooms come from them. They're, they're local. They're right up the street. And, you know, she's in here once a week meeting with us and talking about, I mean, there's so many different kinds of mushrooms. Who knew? And talking about how we're going to use those and what kind of recipes and seasonally how they fit in. And that kind of thing is, that's his passion. And, you know, I had a boss in New York who said to me once, the key to success is hire people who are talented and passionate and then get out of their way. That's great advice. Yeah, it is. That's advice. really good advice. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with more from Allison Tachi over at the Bull Run Restaurant here in Shirley. The business world is more competitive than ever. And running a business has never been more challenging. The North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce is here to help with trusted resources, a strong business network, and a support system to keep your business and North Central Massachusetts moving forward. We invite you to join the nationally recognized North Central Massachusetts Chamber today. Call 978-353-7600 or visit northcentralmass.com. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber. We are on the road in Shirley at 215 Great Road chatting with Allison Tachi. She is the owner of the Bull Run Restaurant, second generation owner, four generations though, currently here working. And I know the Bull Run, known for its fantastic food, but also known for its music. And you mentioned your yes. husband's George. connection to the music scene in New York and What's always amazed me is you think of Shirley, and I know like when you hear about like national acts or international acts coming, you always think the Boston area and the big right. cities, but you bring mm. big names to the region. And what always strikes me too is you'll have a local name one week and then yep. a big name the next week. And that balance is phenomenal. Yeah. We, How do you do that? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I mean, that's all George. But is that not, something, I'm just curious, is that something George brought or was there music prior? There was music prior. There but was, not to this level. Not to this level. Yeah. So the funny thing is, you know, so that's me and George. I do the marketing and, and uh, I wrote the original business plan and I, and I write all this kind of marketing stuff and he's all the music. And, um, you know, when, when it was my parents, it was my dad who did kind of the business part of it, and my mom did all the entertainment. And back then, it was a different uh, playing field because you didn't have the internet and you didn't have, you know, movie, big box movie theaters everywhere and all that kind of stuff, and video games. And so she, I remember when I was a kid, we had like floor shows, and we'd do two shows a night. They'd have like wow. an, an 8.30 and a 10 o'clock show. And I know we did shows in this room. We did shows in the big room. We, we had a little theater upstairs where they do like legitimate theater stuff. So I grew up with tons of live music and theater and plays and just, you know, and, and my mother would like to go to New York or go to Boston and bring us. And my sister was into ballet and, you know, we just were constantly, show business was our life. And, and it was food and show business all our lives. And so this was not new to me. I would go to my friend's house you know, when I was in grade school or high school, and it was so quiet, you know? There was, like, no, 
you know, we're not going to do a show. And so, Isn't there two shows tonight? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, and I, and we, you know, you get roped into working here when you're in our family. As soon as you're 15, man, back of house or front of house, which just make you, a choice. You choose. So, <laughs> and um, I was always front of house. So, yeah, but George, when he came in as a bartender here, he was, he, he's a musician, a very accomplished musician who performs not as regularly, but always did perform for many, many years, both um, singly and with his uh, partner. And yeah, he was doing that in New York. And we, that's one of the things when I said we did a lot of market research before we came out here was not only to research what does the food scene look like, what does the local food movement look like in Central Mass, but what does the music scene look like in Central? There's definitely a gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 12 years into it now, it's flooded. I mean, there's tons of venues and there's tons of, and I think it's good. I think it's a rising tide that lifts all boats. But yeah, we have the space and the expertise and the track record, mm-hmm. the history of kind of what works, what doesn't work. And we don't always hit it out of the park, but you know, you have enough of a high, uh, enough above the line, then <laughs> you're doing all right. You know, my father was funny about it. He used to always, he had a great line I loved. He used to say, I don't make money, I make friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when we have a failure, we say, well, we made friends tonight, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's very exciting to bring in people that you want to see yourself yeah. and um, to see the joy on people are really happy when they and music is a real healing uh thing for people i think and we saw that during covid it was just empty in here and no music and no people and no laughter and no fun and no celebrations and boy does everybody appreciate having it back Mm -hmm. so that's really and then i i started uh on top of the music series which was very a very um heavy calendar of lots and lots of choices um, and we try to have a range from higher price ticketed things to absolutely no cover mm-hmm. availabilities that I started the speaker series. And that's been really rewarding for me, you know, coming out of the publishing world to bring authors and speakers here that I'm interested in. We just had Temple Grandin on mm-hmm. Sunday um, a month or two ago in March. We had Gloria Steinem. Was, yeah. Uh, we had Carl Bernstein. And I try to partner on the local theme with a local nonprofit to have them benefit from the fundraising aspect of that. So when Carl Bernstein was here, I partnered with Fitchburg State University's journalism department. And when Temple Grandin was here, I partnered with the um, Autism Resource Central in Worcester. And um, so we try to make it a win-win for everybody, the customer, us, the nonprofit, everybody gets something. And again, speaks to the idea that you are making partnerships, or as your dad said, you're making a lot of friends. Making a lot of friends. A lot of friends out there. (laughs) And you've gotten, you know, some of the music that you've brought in um, has been, you know, like you said, some really big names. And I know you have a really great lineup for this summer and immediately starting this week. The James Hunter Six, which is great. You know, there's a lot of people like this uh, on next Sunday, Father's Day, a woman from Austin, Texas called Jackie Venson. I never heard of her. I bet you never heard of her. Go on YouTube and put in Jackie Venson, and she's incredible. She's a rising star. So we, you know, George has this philosophy that he'll have someone in that you don't know, and if they sell 100 tickets, that's not a sellout, but those they're that good, you know, and he's got a great eclectic eye and taste for for all kinds of music, every genre of music. Um, we do jazz, blues, rock, everything 
those hundred people are going to go home and say, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this woman I saw. And then we'll have her back. And you have to do something that I think a lot of maybe, I don't know, record companies or bigger places lose sight of, which is you have to develop an artist. Mm -hmm. You have to give them a chance to grow and get known. And sometimes you're not going to make a huge win because the first time they're in, only so many people know about them and they come. But all those people are going to go back and say, this person blew me out of the water. And mm-hmm. the next time, you know, we have a guy called Bill Kirchin, also from Austin, Texas. He's coming July 7th. Same thing. First time he came, I think he sold 60 tickets. It's, he sells out now every time he comes and he does a Christmas show every year. And now he's coming in July again because he built and the word of mouth went out there. And that takes time. It does take time. And it's, and George, you know, it's great that, that he has such a long history of working in the music industry and has those connections, but also understands, like you said, developing the artist, because that takes a lot of time. Yeah. We have a, a pathway for people who are really just starting out. We have the big room where, you know, we put people that are going to sell hundreds of tickets because uh, that, that room holds 300. But we have a small room upstairs that seats 65. And we'll bring in some young person who has a CD release and get them to just get started in that room and get known is selling to a smaller room and then hopefully work their way into the big room. You know, we had Cara Brindisi, who was on The Voice. Okay, one of those. Yeah, one of those shows. (laughs) One of those brutal, judgmental shows. But um, she she was here many times and she's just, and we were saying the same thing. This, This woman has the voice like an angel. She's amazing. I think it's great, too, that you're giving such an opportunity to local mm-hmm. artists and not just focusing like some venues do on the big names and who's going to look flashy out there on the marquee, but you're really supporting that local talent, just like you mentioned with like local vendors and local food. It really carries over mm-hmm. to all aspects of what you do here. We try. I mean, there's so much talent beyond what you just everybody knows. There's so much local talent or regional talent or whether they're coming through from Austin or they're from Fitchburg. You know, we get a lot. There's just a lot of mm. lot of talent out there. There is. So you're fortunate to catch a lot of performances. <laughs> um, yes. And I know you've probably got your favorites, but if you had to think back of all the different acts and artists that you brought in, uh, whether it's musician, comedian, anything like that, the live entertainment that you've had here, what's like one or two of your favorites that you've been able to say we brought them here to the bull run and it was a phenomenal night oh my gosh there are a lot we had a guy called marty stewart i don't know if you know marty stewart and he he's a country guy actually and i'm not a huge i don't know that much about country i'm we're open to all kinds of music here um and i just thought marty he blew me away he first of all he plays the mandolin which i love Mm. And he's a big star in the country world. And he was just so genuine, both on stage and off. And at one point, and these are big names. They play, they've played. We have Shamika Copeland, who she played at at the White House with the Rolling Stones for for President Obama. You know, (laughs) these these are people that play all over the place and just so gracious when they come here. And uh, Marty Stewart said, "Uh, do you mind? There's a friend of mine. He was on stage performing. And he said, uh, do you mind, there's a friend of mine playing at the Grand Old Opry tonight, and I'd like to call them and tell them that I'm here at the Bull Run in Shirley. And he made a phone call to somebody who was, I can't remember who it was. It was a country person that I didn't really know. But he made a phone call to his friend who was playing on, on stage at the Grand Old Opry, and he put the 
phone up to the mic and they had this conversation and, I, and I'm sitting there looking around going is this happening you know is, is anybody filming this like and a lot of those moments happen and they're ephemeral they don't nobody films it nobody it just happened and you were there you happened to be in the room that kind of stuff is really really magical I mean I, I live for those moments we had, we had somebody on stage uh, a few weeks ago I'm trying to remember who it was and it was a sold out crowd and the power went out you know, the whole thing just went down and the whole town went down. It was, I don't know what happened. Some pole fell somewhere. And, and this guy just, I'm, I'm terrible that I can't remember who it is, but that's how much music I see. I see multiple acts every week. And he just kind of kept playing and walked from either end of the stage and just kept playing. And he was playing guitar and he just played acoustic and he, he just engaged and people were holding up their flashlights on their phone and yeah. we had, you know, a couple of emergency lights and he did the concert. And I'm saying this is how it was in 1740 when this place originated, you know, <laughs> it was just really, really magical. So those kind of magical evenings, I don't know that I could say this is my favorite performer, but those magical moments are my, some of my favorite memories. I love that. That just it just really lends to the atmosphere that you've created here. Um, and the way that you've positioned the bull run to be such a great person um, in the, a great company in the local area and really highlighting all of that. And it just really lends to everything that's going on here. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the story of the naming of the bull run. <laughs> yeah, as if you've been on the lot. website, you might know. But if you haven't been and you don't know the story... Oh. I thought it, you were going to say the ego pantus. That's when I get a lot to... <laughs> well, we can talk about that too but as yes. he's staring at me. But um, I, I would love for you to tell the story of the naming of the bull well, run. Again, well, yeah. one of them. I yes. know there's multiples. <laughs> well, there's a couple. Yeah. I mean, again, my parents were so funny because they would tell us things and there was no kind of backstory like the real story. They just told us the story. And there's always this kind of magical, theatrical atmosphere. So how the bull run got its name it is on our website but they uh the colorful story is that uh it was during the war and the stagecoach would be the thing that would bring news from the city and other towns and tell the locals who were here what's the update uh, how you know how goes the battle right and that before the stagecoach got here uh people in the tavern were arguing about the war and, and politics Nothing changes, right? <laughs> and it came to a brawl. It came to fisticuffs, and they started. And that when the stagecoach finally did pull up, and the driver jumped off and r ran in to say, "What news of the battle? You know, what have you guys heard?" And he's going to tell what he heard. Nobody was left standing, except the bartender. And the bartender said, "Well, I don't know, but I think we just fought the Battle of Bull Run right here." And somebody picked up a piece of charcoal from the fireplace and wrote it on a piece of wood and tacked it up over the bar it just said bull run and that stuck and that was the story that we were told and you could hear very sincere fourth generation kids 15 years old repeating that story as gospel and <laughs> that's the way we raise them and so then the other story that I did find out later when I grew up is that a small stream that cattle can easily cross with a small uh, B is called a bull run. So you choose which story you like better. I like the charcoal story. <laughs> I like the battle. Yeah. There's also been this creature staring yeah. at us yes. from the dining room, from the bar area, above the fireplace, the Ego Pantus. Yes, you have to come here to see him. It's, you do. 
I get visitors all the time, and I, I ask them, I say, where are you from? And when they tell me, I say, oh, yeah, they don't have them there. It's in Shirley. You have to come to Shirley. And most people get it. Some people are very confused by it. But, you know, he's just always been there. Yeah. And uh, he kind of sees all, hears all, knows all. And he writes a weekly newsletter that I recommend people get. Mm -hmm. That you can sign up for from the homepage of our newsletter. He not only tells you what shows are coming and uh, gives you first dibs on getting tickets as long as you're a newsletter subscriber before the general public you get uh, first dibs. But he also tells you who he saw here. And uh, I will never forget the story of when the mayor, uh, Mayor Di Natale, came for dinner one night. And uh, I think it was this table. Uh, he likes a table near the window. And... Uh, we had the performer John Davidson. Do you remember John Davidson? Yes. He had a TV show, and he was on all those old shows. And, yeah. Uh, well, he lives in New Hampshire now. He came down here, and he wanted to perform. He got in touch with us, and we said, yeah, why not? I mean, and he, he did all right. But he um, he's so friendly, John Davidson, that he uh, took his guitar out before he was meant to go on stage, and he just walked through the dining room sort of performing table to table. And some people are like, who is this? And other people are like, is that John Davidson? And anyway, then he sat down at this table, and he ordered a drink, and he just, and it was, um, you know, the mayor Di Natale's reservation. And so I had this funny minute when I had to explain to him, because he was entertaining a couple of people, and I said, do you remember John Davidson? Well, he's at your table right now. So anyway, <laughs> bottom line, they all sat together. And so, and John regaled them with stories of back in the day and all that. And uh, then he finally, he got up and he had to get on stage. So it was so funny. But um, yeah, you never know what's going to happen here. And you have to be here to know. <laughs> you have to be here to experience it. The Eagle Pantus will tell you about it in the newsletter after it after happens. After it happens. But, but if you want to experience it, you got to be here. you got to be here. And where can listeners go to sign up for that newsletter? And it's bullrunrestaurant.com. A lot of people who visit us from out of town, they go to Bull Run, and they get a lot of information about the Civil War. It's fantastic. <laughs> But it's not us. You got to go to bullrunrestaurant.com, and that'll—that's where you buy tickets. That's where you make reservations, and that's where you sign up for the newsletter. Allison Tachi, thank you so much for talking to us about the Bull Run Restaurant today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. We'll be back with a new episode next week. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.